Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. So, I saw the youth camp slide was up there a few times. <laughs> so I asked JP beforehand not to do the youth camp slide. Um, yeah, so before we get to the youth camp, so I'm going to use my mic opportunity. I don't get it so much, so I'm going to use it. Um, yeah, I just want to give you, like, seeing it, that it is a youth service, and we've got a youth sound man, a youth projection, we've got youth logistics, youth band. It's, it's really just so amazing how God has, has really just established the youth, right? Um, and I thought this would be an opportunity just to give you, like, background from how youth started. So in 2017, we started in a house there on the hill somewhere. I'm not sure. <laughs> like four youth members, myself, and we did, we still did the comeback series that time. Um, I remember the comeback series because I had to like burn 20 DVDs uh, each week to give out to people when we're still doing DVDs, you know? And now a DVD machine is like a doorstop or something, I don't know. <laughs> but we started so, so small, four youth members, myself, I was out of my depth. I was scared beyond my mind. I was like, Lord, what are you doing? Right? And from there, the word I just felt God is saying, he who is faithful of little will be faithful of much. And I was like, Lord, um, can we just speed up the process a bit? (laughs) I mean, three years with only like six to seven kids, and then another two years with like, maybe 10, maybe 11 kids, if we're lucky, you know. And, and God was faithful in the process. And in 2019, we had our first youth camp, right? She's getting excited, but she was the first one to say, please, I don't want to go. I'm out. Can't we go to summer camp this year, please? You know? Yes, Naomi, I remember. And now, she's our hype person on the camp, and she's supposed to like... Get everyone up and running, you know. But we started with seven kids in 2019. And I remember it was the toughest camp of my life, right? I had people coming to me and saying, Devil, are you sure you want to do camp with just seven kids? Are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, why not? We have to start somewhere. Not everyone can start with 150 kids and... 60, 60 facilitators, and there's a live band and all of that things. But on that camp, God established family. And I can, with a proud heart, say that from that camp, three of the kids that was on that camp is now facilitators in youth. God established family. He did massive miracles. I, I wish I could just take you with me back in time so that you can experience what we experienced. How God broke depression. How God grew out a girl's leg two centimeters in front of her eyes. How God healed back pain. We started with seven. 2020, we went through a pandemic, COVID, all of those things, right? And I was like, I'm not going to go to camp and I have to wear a mask 24-7. Like... I know there's brave people out there, but I'm not one of them. But in 2021, we trusted God. We said, we know the pandemic is raging still, 
but we have to go forth with camp. And God blessed us, and we took 22 kids with to camp. Right? I think 22 kids and like 14 facilitators, and I was like, this is it. This is big. We are in the big leagues now. And I'm like, yes, Lord, I can see the camp is, is like going strong, you know. And last night, I'm sitting in front of my computer just going through the registrations, and I tell Nadia, Nadia, we have to close the site because we can't take any more kids in for camp this year. We had capacity. So this year, we're taking with 44 kids. Okay. I'm still in disbelief, so just give me a moment. We're taking with 44 kids and 22 facilitators. And God has grown our camp from 7 to 65 in, in three years. And the most amazing thing is, is that I was sitting in front of finances a month back, and I was like, Lord, how are we doing this? And guys, God is so faithful. This year, we can bring 15 kids in from Polokwane, pay their full transport without having them paying anything for transport. And we can still afford to pay camp. And then on top of that, <laughs> I felt God was saying, I have to bring the camp price down from 650 to 450 and put my faith out there for the finances. And at the moment, we're paying camp full out. And we've got more in, in stock just to now do those little extra things just to make camp more fun. God is great, guys. God is good. You know? And I just want to take this opportunity, and I, I know all my facilitators are going to be like, please don't do this, please don't do this. But guys, the camp, the, the facilitator is that has been running with me, with Nadia, together in this year, has been amazing. And I would like to take this opportunity just to ask you guys, just, can you just stand? We just want to pray with you, pray for you, celebrate you, because I'm proud of my team. I'm really proud of my team. I just want Jonathan there hiding at the back. I know no one can see him standing, but thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, let's just close our eyes and just reach out our hands towards them. Father, thank you for your, for your calling upon these people's lives. Father, they've put in the time, they've put in the effort, they've put in everything they have to serve your children. And Father, this morning we want to bless them. We want to honor them. We want to glorify your name for them, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for who you are, Lord. Now, Lord, we just honor you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. So, now we can get into the Word. And I am super excited for this morning's Word. Um... Yeah, it's a word that's been challenging me a lot, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. Um, yeah, so I think before we, before we just get into the word, let me just pray for us and pray for the word. Yeah, Lord.
Thank you, Lord God, that we can come and listen to your word this morning. Father, thank you for your presence. Lord, I pray, Lord, that this, the seed of your word will fall on fruitful ground this morning. Father, thank you that I can glorify you and honor you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that you would guide and direct my words, Father God. Lord, thank you for who you are, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. just want to grab my water here quickly. Thank you. You know, I'm telling you, dry mouth syndrome, it's bad. It's bad. All right, so I'm going to read from Matthew 7, um, verse 21 to 29. And I know this is quite a challenging scripture, and when people read this, they're normally like, uh, I'm going to skip this for now, um, and then, then we'll come back to it at a later stage. Okay? But just hear my heart in, in what I want to say this morning. So it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name, drive out demons. In your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from you, evildoers. Therefore, anyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down the sh- and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. This is quite a hard scripture, if we're honest with ourselves. Because we see that God is not here speaking to unbelievers. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to each and every one of us. For we are the body of Christ, correct? And the first thing I want you to see here is that Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So my sermon's name today is Simple Obedience. And the thing that church members have done and churches all around the world has done a lot is to say, These are the requirements for you to be a Christian. You have to be able to do this. You have to be able to do that. You have to be able to do this. Um, You have to pray 24 hours a day. um, And then you have to like fast 52 days out of the year. And then another like 110 days here at the end of the the year just to make sure you're ready for the next year. Right? It's it's something like that. I'm over-exaggerating. I know. (laughs) Right? But... There's the stigma of we have to be 
a certain type of Christian in order to step into the kingdom of God. And God says here, only the one who does the will of my Father. So this morning I really felt that God wants to come and challenge some foundations in this place. Because the only way we can know the will of the Father for our lives is to have an intimate, living relationship with Jesus. Right? And hear my heart in this. I'm not saying prophecy is wrong. I'm not saying that doing deliverance is wrong. I'm not saying that doing miracles is wrong. I'm saying if that is your foundation, you're going to fall on your face. We see many churches that want to make the supernatural their foundation. If we don't see someone being, being healed in a service, if we don't see someone rising from a wheelchair, then the service it, it wasn't really that successful. It wasn't really something to talk about. We'll try again next week. And it's sad to see that. Because if we see these people who are talking to, to Jesus, they're saying, Lord, Lord. You see the emphasis? These guys weren't just your, I want to say, <laughs> they weren't just your average nominal Christian. They were people that believed with everything inside of them that they are saved. They believed they were saved. And the Lord says, get away from me, you evildoers. In ESV it says, get away from me, you doers of lawlessness. Guys, it's easy for us to do lip service towards the Lord. It's easy to make the right noises. It's easy for us to say, I'm a Christian. And then... When we look at your life, we don't see the fruit of it. Right? It's easy to say. And the thing is, if we look at the latest stats of South Africa, 80% of South Africans said that they are Christian. 80%. Don't know about you, but I'm not seeing that at the moment in our, in our country. It's easy to do lip service. It's easy to make the right noises, say the right things, put on the right mask. It's easy to do that. Right? But essentially it comes down to what is your foundation? What are you building upon? Are you building upon prophecy? Are you building upon miracles? Are you building upon your deliverance ministry? If that's going well, then, oh, Jesus must be with me. If that doesn't go well, God left me. What is happening? If that's the case, we have to reevaluate. We cannot build upon our own hopes, our own dreams, our own things. I'm sorry to say it, but your finances is not going to get you in heaven. Your personality is not going to get you in heaven. All the prayers you pray in a religious 
way just to make sure everyone else knows you are a Christian is not going to get you in heaven. It's not. We have to get our foundations right. And I'm talking about this today so that we have a chance to do that. So that this morning we can come with repentive hearts and say, Lord, my foundation is built on everything else but you. Lord, I am a submarine Christian. I just pop up on a Sunday, say, hello guys, and then the rest of the week I just do my own thing. Time to repent is now. But it's amazing, once again, the word comes in and it says, gives you advice on how, to, how can we test this? How can we test our foundations? Right? So let's read this again. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. I want to stop there. What I want you guys to see, if you can just put up that picture of the two houses, right? So the one, just, just squint with me. You'll see that they look similar, right? Okay. Houses, in the scripture, you can see the houses look similar. The only difference is, is that their foundations are different. The one is built on a rock, the other one is built on sand. It's built on our own pleasures, it's on, built on our own dreams, it's built on our, our companies, it's built on our relationship with the people around us of our best friends. And then the Lord says, here's the test. When you go through trials and tribulations, when things go tough around you, are you going to stand at the end of that? Or are you going to walk away from me and say, I can't do this anymore? So essentially, and I know everyone's going to be like, this can't be, Essentially, storms are good for us. Let's be honest. Storms, trials and tribulations, the tests, the stuff that's hard in life is good for us. Like Henny normally says, he says to his kids, eat your veggies. You don't like it, but it's good for you. Right? And it's the same for us. We have to go through trials and tribulations. We have to go through all of that stuff so that at the end of the day, we can see if we move closer to God or we move further away from Him. Was our default looking to the Scriptures, sitting in prayer, or was our default, please help me, I don't know what to do? I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the people next to you and say, pray with me. I need your support in this. But that can't be our first response. That's your first response. We have to look at our foundations. Are we built upon God? Or are we built upon 
whatever it is that we rely upon. And the sad thing is, and I, I really just felt this morning while I was praying, the sad thing is, is that sometimes we build our foundations upon our ministries. Whether it be at work, whether your full-time ministry, whether it be with your friends. Guys, we can minister as much as we want in this church, and we can serve as much as we want in this church, but if our foundation is not upon Jesus, that's not going to help us anything. Once again, I'm not saying that serving is wrong. Serving is the one place where I got to know Jesus the most. Working with people, praying together, figuring out why our speakers don't want to work and why the, the band member five minutes before the service doesn't hear herself anymore. Like, that's when you, you start to rely on the person next to you and be like, okay, let's figure this out. And you start praying like viciously because worship has to start in two minutes. Right? So my question again to you is, what are we building upon? Because when we look at the, the last piece of the scripture, it says, when he had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at a teaching because he taught with one who has authority and not as their teachers. The Pharisees in those times were convinced they're going to heaven. I'm keeping the Sabbath. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm looking after people. I'm reading scriptures in the, in the temple. But as soon as Jesus started teaching them, they realized, wait, there's a difference. There's a difference here. Why do we believe what you're saying? And when they're reading it, it's just like, uh, okay, lunch is almost ready, guys. Let's go home. They picked it up. The Pharisees looked all good on the outside. They had the best clothes. They had the best shoes. They, they were always in the best space to minister to anyone. They were someone to look up to. And yet, when you tasted their fruit, it was rotten. It was like the tombs that you see in Egypt at the moment. The tombs look nice, but when you open it, you don't want to go in there. There's nothing there. It's bones and dust. There's nothing there. Are we the same? Do we say the right things? Do we make the right noises? Do we serve at church? Are we in the band? Are we up on projection? But when people start testing us, when hard times come, when the storms hit against our houses, are our houses going to stand? I know, I'm asking because this week, <laughs> always before camp, the enemy is like, he's like really busy. He wants to come. And he wants to like disrupt everything. And this week, 
a lot of challenges came and a lot of stuff was, was put in front of me. And there were certain moments where I was like, I think my foundation needs work to be worked on. I'm not handling this correctly. I'm not honoring God in the situation as I want to. And I had to sit hard this week and say, Lord, what am I supposed to do to change this? How can I repent? How can I bring my heart before you and say, Lord, I don't want to act in this way. I don't want my language to sound like this way. I want to glorify in everything. And the trials tested me and my house was like halfway, halfway leaning to the side, you know, a little bit of feather, like tethers just holding it. I think it's my wife praying for me, you know. But I had to realign. And it was tough. It was tough. I had to repent of so much stuff this week. I had to lay on my face before God and say, Lord, how am I supposed to lead if my foundation is not sort of okay? And God helped me. And He brought me back to a place where I can really just bring Him glory again. But I had, to, I had to submit to God's process of discipline. I had to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my heart. And I feel that God wants to come today and really just challenge. He wants to challenge our foundations. Wants to challenge the, the core of our hearts. But I want to encourage you that in that process, God doesn't leave you nor forsake you. He doesn't. It's not something you go on, go through on your own. It's not something that, that God is like, well, figure yourself out and then when you're ready, come back. No. God is with us in the process. When those storms beat against our houses, God is the one sitting in the middle of the floor, calm as He can be. We're the ones frantically running around and trying to figure out what's our next move and where are we going to get this and where are we going to get that and how are we going to sort this out. And God, in the middle of the storm, Jesus is laying in the boat fast asleep. But it requires us to bring him into our boat for us to experience that peace in the storm. It requires us to say, Lord, help me look at my heart. Because we don't want to do that. We don't want to look at our hearts and be like, uh, like 50%, 50%. Like, Lord, uh, I'm just going to go out to this club. I just have to meet with these friends. But when I come back, I'll be yours again. Um, and then you wake up the next morning half of a hangover and you're like okay it's church I need to get up we have to re-examine our hearts do we know the will of the Father for our lives do we know what God is saying over us do we know that 
the obedience that God requires from us? God requires simple obedience from us. Just do the will of my Father. And the only way we can do that is from a place of intimacy and a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to see this in the scripture. It says here, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And so I went to Henny. I was like, Henny, how, how does this like come into line with, with everything else? Henny is like the word knew. It's the same word that is used when it says Adam knew his wife. It's that type of intimacy. It's that type of covenant that we're supposed to have with Jesus. I want you guys to really ask yourself that question today. Do you have that type of intimacy with Jesus? Is it even something that we, how can I put it? Is it something that we run after? Is it something that we will forsake everything else to have just that? Because if it's not, we have to reevaluate our foundations. Then we have to look again at our hearts and be like, Lord, what must I shift away so that you can come in? What must I surrender again so that you can have all of me and not just 20% of me, the 20% that I want to show people? Because it's when you're not at church, it's when you're in your house, in your room, with your friends, that's when the true you comes out. When you're comfortable. Are we willing to reevaluate our foundations with Jesus? Not separate from Him, with Him. Allow Him to convict us. Allow His Word to change us. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.